0: This is the Image Junkies Podcast, the show for news and documentary filmmakers, with your host, Christian Parkinson. Hey guys, and welcome to the second episode of the Image Junkies Podcast. If you didn't catch episode one, basically the podcast is for news and documentary filmmakers. It's interviews with people who are doing interesting and extraordinary things in our field. My name's Christian Parkinson. I've been a cameraman and filmmaker for the last 16 years, mainly with the BBC. Today, we've got an old friend of mine on the show, a BBC reporter called Nick Garnett. Nick is based in the north of England, and he works mainly for radio, funnily enough, for 5 Live, BBC 5 Live. But he's always at the forefront of technological development. He films, he edits, and he does most of it on his iPhone. He really is quite an inspirational guy, and I think if you're anything like me, you'll find this interview really interesting in terms of the kit that he uses and how he uses it, but also just his philosophy for working and also his travel tips that he gives us at the end that are well worth staying on for. So Nick, thanks for joining us. Um, First question, who are you and what do you do? Well, my name is Nick Garnett, and I'm
1: a reporter with Radio Five Live. Um, but I don't really do that very much radio really these days because the way that you know the way that news organisations are going is that we are having to do more and more outlets. So about a year ago, Five Live decided that we needed to up our video content. Now, I've been playing around with video. I'd never call myself a camera operator or a, a camera person. I'm. I'm a journalist who shoots things or who records things or who writes things down. Uh, and whatever the method of delivery at the end of the day is, is, you know, is secondary to to the story, really. Um, I hate using that word, story. It makes us sound like nursery rhyme tellers or something, doesn't it? But anyway, so um, so Five Live has decided that we want to up our video content. And so I've sort of... It's been an excuse to get more kit, let's be honest. Uh, I've got lots and lots of, of extra pieces of kit now, which has given me options. And I think that's sort of like the key thing, isn't it? That the the, the kit we use gives us the chance to do the things that we want to do um and so I, I i create small films um from from all over the place so you and i first met uh well we first met ages ago but we we first worked together in jordan and at that point that was in about 2013 i think i, think I it was working mostly yeah mostly in radio um uh, and maybe taking a few still images and that was it now as uh technology has developed i've sort of like done more and more and more so now uh, i had a bizarre year in 2015 um, where I ended up going all over the world. Just, it, you know, there was no reason for it. It was just the stories seemed to develop. So I I went to Malta on one story and then got sent immediately off to Nepal for the earthquake. And then I came back from Nepal and found myself in... I can't even remember where I went now. I was all over the world. I was, you know... Um, you were doing a lot uh, in, and, in
0: Paris and, and various terror attacks, yeah, weren't you? Yeah,
1: and, and basically I, 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 I got a sort of a, a role about basically doing... Uh, terror attacks and the aftermath of terror attacks and and you know what it's like because of of Nairobi and the work that you've done there um and you know it's it's a certain skill set and it's about sort of like not carrying very much gear really which was what Fits in with the way that I work, so I ended up going all over the world, and that's really continued at a smaller pace ever since then. So this year I've been in Iraq, I've been in uh, South Sudan, which was staggering. Um, I've been in South Korea as well, uh, and so you know uh, Tunisia, I think I've, I've been to this year, and, and Berlin with the the terror attacks last December, uh, in, in December 2016, and so. They, you know, I've sort of developed this role of going off, doing radio, but also thinking about the video terms, in in video terms as well. Um, And so the kit that I'm using has developed to try and make it as easy as possible to do both things. Because one of the the big mistakes that we've made in the past is that we've we've tried, all news organisations have done this, they've tried to send camera crews out to be able to go and do radio, or they've sent radio crews out to try and be able to do video as well. And you know, no matter how many times you try and tell those responsible, they're different, they are very different. Now you can try and you can make a compromise and you can meet in the middle, but it is always a compromise. There's always going to be a cutoff. You're either going to lose the technical skills for radio or you're going to lose the technical skills for, for video or you're going to lose the journalism. You're going to do one of those three things. And it's always a balancing act as to what you're going to to sacrifice. Whether you're going to sacrifice some of the journalism, are you going to stay in one place because you've got to be doing the, the constant lives for radio stations and for television stations? Are you going to compromise those because you need to go off and go and do a story elsewhere and you're not going to have all your broadcast kit with you all the time? So those those are deals that you have to make with yourself and... Uh, and then try and argue it out with the bosses back at base. But that's what, that's what I do. That's what I've tried to create. I've tried to create this idea of being able to do m- various forms of multimedia, as it were, um, carrying very small amounts of kit, enough just to fit in, in one bag or two bags at most, uh, and travel around the world trying to do as many stories as I possibly can get on air.
0: Well, well I mean, um, I guess a lot of people listening to this show, probably the first thing they want to ask is, Wow, well, what what kit are you using? What allows you to do all of this different types of, you know, uh, multimedia journalism and travel light? You know, can you fill us in?
1: Right. Um, There have been cases where I've gone with just a phone. Um, Where I've been, there was one time I was on, actually, it was the time that I came to Jordan with you. I mean, I had a satellite dish for radio and a mobile phone, and that was it. Uh, And at the end of the day, you know, as long as your mobile phone is decent enough quality, that's... You can get away with it. I'm not saying that's all you need, but you can get away with it because yeah. if we just think of devices as content gathering machines, um, then as long as you've got a decent content gatherer, you're okay, aren't you? Uh, so sometimes it's been a phone. My daily kit that I carry now around now is a, an Osmo mobile or an Osmo with the camera on. Now, that's the, the DJI gimbal, which is terrific because a lot of the stuff that i do um they're they're fairly short video pieces uh and and you'll know this the first three seconds of any piece are crucial because that's the time that it takes to someone to swipe up on facebook or on uh, social media you've got three seconds to catch the person so your shots they don't have to be great, but they have to move. There has to be movement in them. There has to be some beauty in them. There has to be something that grabs people and drags them in. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the time, that's, that's motion. That's following people around or moving with them or, or spotting them. You know, I, I remember very strongly one of the films that you did, which was on a skate, uh, a skateboarding.
0: Oh, right, yeah. Uh, yeah. And yeah. I'd forgotten about that one.
1: Uh, yeah, but, but the movement in that is what creates... The hunger for people to stay there so you've got sort of like three seconds to grab people so your shots need to be good so there's no point in me setting up a, a dirty great big eng camera news mm. ga- gathering camera uh and getting a very nice locked off shot for 15 seconds because my audience will have just moved on to the next video immediately so you know i'm I, my, my shot my shot length is very short most people would shoot for 10 seconds i t- tend to shoot take a shot for four seconds and that's about it so um camera let's get back sorry I was wittering no no I like here. it
0: we can we can we can you know explore as much as we want
1: brilliant DJI Osmo mobile or DJI Osmo with the camera on it I prefer the one with the camera because you literally can be on the air or 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 be be broadcast uh be recording very very quickly with it. If you're trying to do with the Osmo Mobile, it's a bit more of a faff. And also do you also, have to balance the, it
0: or is it sort of self-balancing? It's not
1: the it's not the balancing that's the problem with the Osmo Mobile. The problem is that as soon as you start his his for instance here's my um iPhone my at the moment. Now this this is an iPhone that if I had it in the gimbal here, I've got a cable for my audio. And that's the problem because that's starting to drag it down. So it will always start to uh to interrupt it and it'll start to cause problems for it. Just making sure that something uh, I have there. Yeah. Um so you if you've got any cables coming out of the, your mobile phone to record audio on, you've got a problem with an Osmo mobile because it's gonna drag it down. And it doesn't matter how thin a cable. There are some very thin lightning adapter cables, but they're still it's still a weight and it starts to really you can get a judder on it. The other problem with the Osmo Mobile that they they still have not sorted out is that the Osmo Mobile handset has image stabilisation. It's a gimbal. But so does the phone. Right. So unless you're using uh, an iPhone SE, which is the one that I tend to use for this very reason, yeah. you stick a, a 6S or you stick a 7 or an 8 or the X as well, the, the 10. If you put one of those in, you've got the image stabilisation of the phone that you can't turn off fighting with the image stabil- stabilization of the gimbal so you start to get a judder uh, and it you know it, lo- it doesn't matter how smoothly you try to walk the Ooh. judder is very very visible so then you've got to go into post and you've got to image stabilize your stabilized shots that have already been twice stabilized so you can imagine that frankly you end up with uh, the, uh, an image the size of a postage stamp that's yeah. still um, so, so that's a real problem with it and they haven't thought that out so the thing Perhaps that we need to do is either, if you're using an Osmo Mobile, is go with a, an iPhone SE, which is still a 4K camera, yep. but it doesn't have the image stabilisation in the actual device, or go for an Android device. You know, right. The one I've been really raving about recently is the OnePlus 5, which hopefully we'll talk about a little bit later. So that's the problem with the Osmo Mobile. The Osmo with the camera is fantastic, except it does tend to look like a gun when you're holding it, which oh, can yeah. be slightly problematic in some places i've never, uh, if, I've never if, thought of
0: that but i suppose it does a little
1: bit it's really scary i'll send you an image and hopefully you can stick it over this bit that we're talking about <laughs> now uh, and you can see exactly what it looks like this image was taken in iraq uh, right on the border between kurdistan and iraq so about 15 20 miles from mosul uh it was at a time when the iraqi army and the kurdistan the the peshmerga were were very, very wary about um, the so-called IS group Mm. being still active in the area. So what they were doing was they were camped out on the top of buildings. And if you look in the back of that image, you can see some some low-level buildings. And there were snipers on the top of that building. So when I was interviewing this guy, uh holding my osmo it looks to all intents and purposes as if i'm carrying a weapon and pointing the weapon at him so before we we knew that that was going to be the case so before we did the security advisor was who was with us and i went up to all the buildings and explained to the soldiers what we were going to be doing and who we were going to talk to and the fact that it does look like a weapon but that's a big problem you know there are so many places that we're sent to now as journalists where you're working on your own you're a self-operator uh, and you pull out of some, out of some bag some bizarre looking kit mm. that pe- people just don't see in the street, and you start pointing it in people's faces. Now, because of the stories we're covering, we're covering terrorism, we're covering incidents and attacks and all sorts of things. You know, we really have to be aware of what we're what we're pulling out and what we're holding. Because you know, if, if you look at some of the DSLR rigs, um, they've they've got two handles. You've, you've got two handles up in front of you. Yeah. It, you know, they look they look dangerous things. Um, and so that's, you know, if you're operating on your own, you've got no idea what's going on behind you. Or, or you know, if the police are, are about to land on your back, you've no idea because you're working in a forwards environment. And, you know, most of the time we don't have things with press or journalists all over us. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so that's it. So... That's my Osmo. That's my my gimbal kit. The reason I, mean, I like just, to use the gimbal. Just, just
0: quickly on that point. Um, so if you're using your your Osmo gimbal <coughs> with the camera, you know, built in, the it the Zenmuse or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, what do you do for audio? I know there's an audio jack input, but I found it rubbish. Do you record separately?
1: Well, there's an. Well, two things. I mean, there's two ways of doing it. If you go in very close, one of the great things about the Osmo is because of the focal length of the uh, the lens, you only have to be about four feet. You know, a meter hmm. away from the camera before you're in focus, so you can get away with an external mic. The one I use is. Let me go and get it. It won't be a second. No problem. It's just here. Is this one? Now this oh, okay. is yeah, a I've seen that. Uh, Rode Video Micro. Yeah. Um, with a bracket on it that goes on the Osmo and hangs off the Osmo, and then right. that goes into the the Osmo socket, the Osmo mobile. Uh, mobile no, the Osmo phone socket on the front of it. Um, so that gives you very good audio. Very close up. Right, you know, okay. I was going to say as far as you and I are away from other, but
0: we are. <laughs> just a few thousand miles. miles <laughs>
1: so that's quite good for quiet environments uh, where you just work. So I've, I've used that inside in buildings and things like that. Um, it's not great for, for further apart. So I've got a radio mic kit, a bit like the Rode News Shooter kit. Um, okay. Mine's made by Audio Technica because um, it was cheaper and the the road the road was so long before it actually came to market right you know we all knew that it was coming and it didn't come for ages and ages so you know in that meantime i needed something so i had this this audio technica kit which is good yeah. it's not brilliant um but it will fit on the one of the great things about the osmo with the camera Is that you can hang as many things as you want on it Mm. as long as as you can carry the blasted thing Um, there are all sorts of brackets and extensions that you can get so you can build your own sort of you know fairly decent rig with it yeah Um, one of the key things to remember is the Osmo mobile the one that you put your phone in it does have the same socket on it but that's a charging socket and not an audio socket
0: so there's no point in trying to plug a
1: microphone into that because it's not going to work at all it's just there for charging they change it's the same handle but they changed that socket and rewired it so that you could charge the blasted thing that way. Um, so, so, yeah, Osmo Audio is a, real, is a real problem. Most of the time, let's be honest, most people are using a gimbal just for the shots and maybe some, some Atmos. Mm. Yeah, I mean, They're that's how using I'm using it, it. yeah. Yeah. Um, but when you you know, frankly, a bit rubbish like me, you use it because you don't have to handhold. One of the problems, of course, always with, with self-shooting you know we all know this is that where where's the where's the eyeline of the, yeah, the you know yeah. and 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 the amount of times haven't we all sort of like held our camera further well, you, out
0: you find yourself sort of doing that mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm,
1: yeah yeah and and it gets it you know it gets so heavy after yeah. sort of like you know two, just two or three minutes and you all the blood's draining out your fingers you can't focus you can't do anything with the blasted thing you literally you have to stick it on autofocus yeah um, so you know that's that's not a great way of working um, but with the gimbal you can sort of angle your monitor so that your the phone, so you're looking at it as well. So, it, it, you know, you can just glance with one eye and you're not having to move your head back to have a look at the blasted <laughs> thing and see. I mean, the amount of, you know, the amount of, you will always see it, don't you, with, with self-operating crews, you know, the, yeah. the amount of things that we have to do to try and do the job as yeah, well yeah. as we possibly can. Yeah. Anyway, so that's, that's, that's the, the gimbal side of things. And then the other side is I use the same camera that you use the Sony a6300. I got mine about a year ago and then it was stolen uh about sort of like about 8 weeks later which was really unpopular at work uh and then I had to go and buy another one. Uh in which case in, in which time it the price had dropped by 300 pounds which is typical isn't it of the the whole broadcast <laughs> yeah. uh, the whole camera market. Yeah. So uh I use a, a Sony a6300 I have it in a in a in a a, um, a hard rig. In a, in a in a in a case mount, uh, which means it's full it's full of um, of quarter inch screw threads, so I can screw anything I want onto it. So you know you could put light panels on it, you could put radio mics on it, you can put you know an Atmos mic on it. I have an HDMI adapter which gives me a headphone output because one of the problems with the uh, A6300. Right. Yes. Compa- yeah, compared to the, the A7Rs, is that there's no headphone output. Hmm. So there's a little adapter that you can buy on Amazon that gives you a VGA to HDMI adapter. But in the side of the VGA adapter is a headphone socket. So you can plug okay. your headphones into there. I didn't know that. Good now, Rob Wood, who is a cameraman with the BBC in the north of England, has gone one stage further than that. in that He has then a Bluetooth adapter into his. Right. So he can have Bluetooth headphones on. Wow. Wow so he's completely you know he's still he's not tied to the camera at all yeah yeah so which is great if he then has to sort of like wander off he needs you know he'll sometimes stick it on a tripod mm. and and walk another foot and a half off to the left so he's getting a, he's, he's, he's matching camera angles and he's matching eye lines and things like that so so that's a really good way of working i mean the problem is always with these things it's yet another battery that you need to charge you know, in, in, in my kitchen, I have a row of, uh, of battery chargers, just <laughs> charging up the blasted kit every night. Because the panic is, is that you go out with some, um, some you know, perfectly made battery for one particular device, mm. and and it runs out. You know, and yeah. then you're stuffed. Uh, the amount of times I've gone round, gone round town centres and shopping centres and gone to airports and things, desperately trying to get you know a Sony battery or a Canon battery. Um, you know, not a nice way. No, no. Uh, so that's that, that's my other camera. Uh, I've got a GoPro as well, which I have to say I haven't used. The last time I used it was to do a, a diving shot in a swimming pool in the summer, and right. that was it. That's pretty you much know, all I day... use
0: them for as well. It's just an odd yeah. shot once every six months or so.
1: But the days are going when we need to use them because you know, and that's where I think that mobile phones have come in. Mm. The mobile phone has become the trick camera. Yeah. Um, and it's now shooting, you know, my, my iPhone shoots at better better resolutions than the GoPro does. Yeah, yeah.
0: So GoPro images it... just jump out from a mile away, don't they? As soon as I see one on yeah. TV, I'm like, GoPro.
1: Yeah. Um, and it's always a little bit flat. It doesn't Ooh. matter which one it is. It's always a little bit flat. And, you know, it's got that, that fisheye type look that yeah. you can't get around. Whereas with the, with the iPhone, you can, yes, you can throw the glass on top of it if you really want to degrade the image. Um, but you know, just the lens that's on it. You know, if you're shooting in 4K, you can you can play around all over the place yeah. with it. Um, so so the iPhone has really become the the default sort of like trick camera now um, for you know for reverses for second cameras for all those sort of things. There was a really good film that I saw by Phil Bromwell, who's a reporter with RTE, the Irish um, state broadcaster, the Irish broadcaster. Uh, he did a piece at a soup kitchen in the middle of Dublin, on a Friday night. And, you know, Dublin, fantastic, you know, beautiful city. And here were homeless people who were having free haircuts because, you know, if you're homeless, where do you get a haircut? Ooh. You can't go in. You've got no money for a haircut. What the heck do you do? These guys go out and cut the hair of people who haven't got a home uh, just to make them feel a bit decent and feel feel a bit better. Yep. And he did this brilliant film. Um, and the shots in it are are so good because... He's taken good shots. It was all shot on an iPhone 6S, I think it was. Mm. Um, But it's just beautiful and it's just gorgeously shot. And you wouldn't get those quality of shots with a GoPro. You wouldn't get the the quality of interaction that he has with the people that he's talking to if he would turned up with, um, you know... A, a dirty, great big cannon, or whatever, yeah. uh, or even a DSLR. I think he would have scared people off. This was just him and a phone, and I think he carried a torch, an LED type torch, right. so that he didn't even have the the idea of a, the, the concept of having a panel. It's just you know, it's just some light, yeah, uh, and yeah. it's beautifully lit. It looks gorgeous. It's a, a fantastic piece that he's done.
0: Well, I always say, um, you know, people get a bit obsessed sometimes, I think, about, oh, you know, he only shot it on an iPhone or I was, a camera doesn't matter. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, if the operator's good and they can tell a good story, whether you're using a $50,000 camera or, you know, a $1,000 iPhone, I don't, you know, yeah, you'll see differences. But a good story will carry you through. And especially someone talented like Phil is always going to do a good piece, no matter yeah. what camera they use, I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting, isn't it, where where we're going at the moment? Because there's a lot of a lot of news organisations now are 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 leaping to iPhones, uh, and are using those as their their things. Whereas you and I, uh, you know, you're a completely, you know, you're, you're you're up there and I'm down here in terms of <laughs> uh, technical <laughs> abilities. But we're using the same camera, and we're using mm. a Sony, and we're using a small one. Yeah. Um, and you know, I've had people say, "Why are you bothering to use that? Why why don't you just use your phone?" And the, the truth is that you can put different lenses Ooh. on uh, a Sony a three hundred. you can get different looks. So the other week I was up in, at the border between South Korea and the demilitarized zone and I needed a long shot. And you couldn't do yeah, it with an iPhone, yeah. you could not get a telephoto shot and I could just put on a 300mm lens on the front of this camera, just a normal stills lens, Yeah. but it gave me the shot that I needed. Now you might think oh my god you know that's a a really expensive camera to be carrying around it's the same price as an iphone so you you know you could have frankly a rubbish phone and a very very decent camera yeah because you know we have the most we keep we keep judging phones on the basis of the camera that they have with them you know, oh, so, you know, the iPhone 8, it's got a fantastic camera. If you do any searches on the internet, you'll see that one of the the first search term when you start to look at a, a phone is, you know, it's camera reviews. Right. If we take that out of the picture and say, okay, this is, in effect, a mobile, it's a mobile modem. It's a it's mm. a modem. This this device that we're talking into right now, my, I'm talking into my phone, it's just a modem, and you can tie in and pull in the shots from other type of gathering equipment it then doesn't you know you're using the same amount of money to go and buy a decent camera that can do different things and you could have any old rubbish phone so you know it doesn't matter if you've got an iPhone 5 or an iPhone 4S if it's taking in the footage and it's able to output it afterwards that's all we want to do isn't it now you can get to that stage where you then start to edit on your phone and you start to manipulate and that's when you yeah that's when a bigger screen does help and, um, uh, and a faster device but those times really are fairly few and far between. I was in um, South Sudan in March, I think it was. And um, we were up in the, the north of the country where electricity was really difficult to get hold of. Um, there, was, you know, there were gonna be days when we didn't have, have, have power. And so I decided not to take my MacBook and I took my iPad and I edited the material on the iPad. Um, using the app LumaFusion which is beautiful um, app it's it's fantastic three video tracks three audio tracks it's pretty much it's close to Final Cut Pro in terms of what it can do mm. the learning curve is probably as steep as as Final Cut Pro it's fiddly because you're fiddling mm. around on the screen and you know I, I did a TV package for BBC breakfast news which is the breakfast output and um, and it was about three minutes long. It took me literally all night to edit oh, it because wow. you're just fiddling yeah, around yeah. with the blasted edits and things like that. And it's not as not as precise as Final Cut. Yeah. But it's on an iPad, and you know the, then you have the the you've got the solutions because you can stick a charger into an iPad. You can stick a battery pack into an iPad. Yeah. You can stick a solar charger onto an iPad, and you can keep it powered. If I'd taken my MacBook, I'd have got two or three hours out of it, and then it would have been dead. So it was you know again horses for courses, but that's when a good mobile device actually works in your favour. Yeah. Um, because you've got something that you can manipulate the material with. In terms of radio, for years now, um, iPhone apps have been ahead of uh, the, the video side of things on, 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 on portable devices. So I use uh, a, an audio editor called Ferrite, like in, in Iron, um, which is free for download, free to try out. And you get and I think you get four tracks for the the free version but on the paid for version which is about probably about 16 dollars 16 pounds 16 euros um it's you get everything you get 32 tracks you can do ducking you can do fading you can it's basically adobe audition for radio uh and it's it's a brilliant device and i will do all my editing on that you know i don't ever i work faster on that than i do on a on a desktop or a, a a laptop And that's the key. And I think that we'll get there with video editing as well at some stage. We're not quite there yet, but, you know, it's up to us to really keep trying and really keep trying to speed up.
0: Yeah. I mean, from my experience, I I have LumaFusion. I've experimented with it. I like it. I just I guess I haven't had a need to take my skills to the next level on it. I've worked out how to do very basic cuts, but a situation like you're talking about in South Sudan, it does make a lot of sense. You know, where you're traveling light, you don't have power, makes perfect sense.
1: Yeah, it does. I mean, the, the problem that I had with the piece, um, or the the problem that I found was that because I'm fairly naive in terms of editing, uh, and I was doing something new, I I, sa- I said that my 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 average shot length is about four or five seconds long, and so when you count up, I think in the three minute piece there were like 170 different shots. It was ludicrous. Right. Um, but the great thing is, is that. Each of those shots mattered and each of those shots I care, uh, cared about and they were there for a reason. Yeah. You know, the, the amount of, I, I was in, um, uh, 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 in local TV, in regional TV before I started working at Five Live uh, and I remember there one of the, one, being told once by an editor, oh you've got about 15 seconds uh, left to cover, you need some wallpaper to go over the, these 15 seconds. And I'll think of run out of shots and he said, don't worry, we'll just slow them down. And he covered 15 seconds of VT, which is like crucial time, just with slowing down shots. And, you know, the shots made no sense at all. And if you look at TV output all over the world, you'll see pieces that um, that people haven't cared about the shots yeah. enough, or they haven't got enough shots, and they're just slowing things down or just putting wallpaper yeah, yeah. over it, which, which has nothing to do with it. And... I think that if you gain ownership of a, a story and you, you're using your own device, you're using an iPad, you're using you know, your shots that you have taken and you are responsible, that your, the quality of what you do improves because you really do care because
0: frankly you're next the one that's online. Yeah, yeah. So I just want to take a break there to talk about the Rory Peck Trust. I don't know if everybody listening has heard of it but if you haven't, let me tell you what it says on their website. The principal objectives of the Trust are to provide practical assistance and support to freelance news gatherers and their families worldwide, to raise their profile, promote their welfare and safety, and to support their right to report freely and without fear. If you're interested to find out more, go to their website rorypecktrust.org and you'll be able to find out how to donate to them, or also if you're a freelancer yourself and in need of help, advice or funding, then drop them a line. I'm not supported by the Rory Trust, they don't pay me to say this, I'm just a big fan of their work, and if you've not heard of them, please do check them out. So I guess we've sort of touched on quite a lot of things there, how do you see things developing maybe over the next 5 to 10 years, you know, in, not just in terms of, t- of kit, but also in terms of the job and how that might change, you know, maybe, maybe because of the changing technology? Oh...
1: I th- I, if I could second guess anything over the last few years, I'd have been a really rich man. Um, we don't know, I don't think, how how things are going to develop. I think that <coughs> one of the things that's happened is that always there's been this battle between the consumer and the professional. Uh, and at the moment, we're seeing a real push-up in technology terms in, com- in consumer uh, kit. And so... You know, we're getting to a point now, especially with with some of the video editing apps that are around. Oh, have not used the, it. The GoPro, is it Quick the, um, the the Quick Edit the the editing app on for GoPro? You know, these they, these are devices and these are apps now that are starting to take the decisions for us about where the edit comes and where the the cut point comes, and we're going to see more and more of that as 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 uh, software develops. And it starts to to take out that decision making process for us. So instead of having to have the problem of the head turn and where to take the head turn, it it will do the right edit for us on the head turn automatically. And that will take that you know we're seeing it already with Final Cut Pro in terms of the um, the merging edit. You know the, the transition that's now that basically I just used transforms from that. one one shot to another. So you can mm. you can have a little cut. I'm trying to think I can't remember what it's called now to be honest uh, but it, what what it does is it basically just uh right uh mel uh, melts one shot into the next fairly quickly so it's not just like a normal transition uh it, and it moves things so if you are doing um an edit that involves taking out one word right. and the person's head hasn't actually moved very much you just won't notice it and I've done it sometimes and you know, it's very, very, very good. So that's going to develop. In audio terms, you've got things like um, uh, from Adobe at the moment that is able to put in missing words in an audio track wow. by checking how the person speaks elsewhere. It yeah, I was about to say, like good, good
0: but scary. That will the then same put time. in words.
1: So, God, fake news. Where the hell do we go with that? It's just. It's incredibly scary. You can change the complete meaning of, of people's speeches. And. You know to all intents and purposes you wouldn't be able to tell at all so there'll be I think that there's going to be more software intervention in the way that we work in the way that we edit uh and as professionals we're going to have to up our game in terms of what that means for us you know is it that is the only difference going to be that we get to the good stories? I don't know because you know yeah. the amount of times I've gone to a story and I've actually been late because everyone else is filming when I get there uh with their phones, and then you spend half half your days spent hoovering up images from, that members of the public have taken. Is it going to be that the way that we can tell the stories is is different or is it going to be the way that that we have access to to actually sending it out there? Um, And I don't know the answer. I know that one of the problems that we have is that the sheer amount of material that we're now producing. You know, if you just look at me, instead of just me as a one person creating one piece of radio. To broadcast i 'm creating one piece of radio, one piece of video, one piece of social as well, so that 's immediately trebled the amount of material that is out there taking up space in the world and we haven 't really developed yet that, that content delivery system so people can get the news that they want, uh, and there needs to you know there 's a lot of work that the broadcasters have to do in terms of making it easy enough for an audience to actually pick the material that they want. And so I think that's going to change. I think that we as, as operators need to do our part in that and signpost the way that we work in terms of the, the shots that we take an awful lot more. Um, the job's going to change. The job's going to change massively. Are we, on, are we yeah, going to still yeah. have jobs in five, ten years' time? I don't know. It's going to be more difficult to monetize them. Definitely. Um, and you know how we do that you know it's not going to yeah. be we're not going to make a fortune out of stock photos and stock video footage and try to sell that um, so so I, I don't know I don't know where it's going at the moment um, I, I am slightly worried um, about about how it how, how it's going to develop really is there going to be a difference Ooh. between what we do and yeah. what everybody else is doing and I mean we as as, as camera operators um, you know, is that is there going to be? Or, all, all, I, I think that we're all going to have to spin an awful lot more plates to to make the same amount of money and and have have the same potential. One of the one of the problems, of course, uh, you know, you've found this for years, probably. Uh, the, the thing I'm I'm getting to grips. Yeah, with although I is I, very often I I find these days I
0: often in insist, but, uh, but so your yeah. your profile.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and, and yes, and I've I've started yeah, insisting as well, true. It, but. You know, you don't have, there's no credits at the end of the piece. Um, you know, that, that would be really nice if that was the case. Um, but, you know, the, in terms of branding, in, in terms of self branding, it's, it's more yeah. difficult than it is on radio. It's an awful lot more difficult than it is in print. But then again, the print world's changing as well, and bylines are going out the window there as well. Uh, so to get yourself known is is quite mm. difficult, and you can see what some people are doing. Yeah. They're they're filling their pieces with pieces to camera. They're they're in every single piece that they do. Uh, yeah. I, I've always gone against that. You know, exactly. it's about the person that you're talking to rather than about you as the reporter. There are times when yeah. you as the reporter have to be the story. Yeah. Or, when something is developing and only you can explain what it is. Yeah. But those I mean, are there's a few pieces place, I think yeah. where you do need they, a reporter, but like like I think you're right. I think eighty
0: percent of pieces for video probably don't necessarily need someone um you know i I love like the journey pieces perhaps where you do follow someone's journey and they keep turning and talking to the piece to camera and, and that sort of thing's great but you're right for a lot of stuff you you really don't need it um so nick we'll wrap up in a minute just a couple of quick questions i know you travel a lot um, you've got a great blog with some great tips. I just wondered for anyone listening who wants to sort of travel like you do and maybe uh, you know use some of your experience so they don't make any of the same mistakes, is there any tips you want to pass on for people in terms of travel and, and, and surviving in dangerous places? <laughs> well, I used to be, <laughs> not anymore. <laughs>
1: you're the master of this one really aren't you i mean you you're the you're the one that's you're the one that start you're the one though that started the ball rolling in terms of my head in terms of the fact that we as 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 operators have responsibilities to ourselves and to the people that we're working with when we're carrying kit around so um uh i, I, don't know, I i'm trying to think what my, my my best tips are uh photograph your luggage before you go to the airport uh, because, because then you take take photographs of it, and when you when you end, land up in a country where you don't speak the, the, their language, then you can actually show them a photograph of your missing kit. Split your kit up into different bags when you're traveling. Wear sunglasses when you come out of the airport, so that yeah. when you are looking around in complete panic for the taxi rank no one else can see you watch out in Rome where you come into the airport or the bus station and you see a sign on the wall that says beware pickpockets because the thing that you do they were not put there by the police those signs (laughs) they're put there by the pickpockets because what's the first thing you do when someone says beware of pickpockets you tap where your wallet is brilliant one Uh, so be careful of that Um, put always put a lock on your luggage even if you don't think that you need to if you can, I, I've got a net, that, a metal net yeah. that I put around my bag, my camera bag, and that goes completely around it at night. And then I padlock the case to the bed or wherever, just to try and slow people down. Um, worry about your kit all the time. I think if you, you know, if you if you can always yeah, yeah. know where it is in the room, where it is in the car, all that sort of thing. I think that you you're yeah, a lot can't safer. Go wrong there. With dollars. Um, carry some dollars dollars yeah, <laughs> yeah very Can't true go wrong with dollars <laughs> very uh, true. and diarrhea tablets yeah always and then uh, always, i just wanted to ask always um, have diarrhea tablets for
0: anyone who wants to do the sort of work that you do and that you, that you and i do what would you say are the most important attributes you know what does someone who does the sort of work we do need you know uh, i guess mainly personality based as well as well as skill based
1: I think I, I there's one thing that we all have in common wherever you go, you'd never see uh, quiet operators uh, they'll sometimes be sitting in the background and they're not not doing anything at that particular time, but they're always the ones asking questions they're always the ones that Ooh. are uh, sticking their nose in where they shouldn't um, and I don't mean in terms of like Watergate or things like that, mm. but literally just you see some somebody interesting down the street and you just ask them what they're doing yeah um, and most times. Most times people will tell you what they 're doing and 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 or and just just keep moving as well you know i 'm a, a firm believer yes. i 've said it a million times that new, news stories don 't happen in newsrooms <laughs> you know the only things yep. that happen in newsrooms are sex scandals you know the, you have to be out yep. you have to be walking around you have to be driving around you have to be traveling around if you have some time at the weekend, just get out and just and spot things and spot trends because the amount of times that i uh, I'll be walking around. I'll be. I'll be. You know. I, I'll just go to the shops and I'll spot something that's happening. It happened just the other day, um, where we there's there's a supermarket in the UK called Waitrose. Um, Waitrose very posh, is a very beautiful, posh. Beautiful, beautiful, very posh supermarket. They have a range of of products that they sell called Waitrose Essentials. Now, to you and me, probably the essentials in life are toilet roll, toilet paper, toilet roll. Um, toothpaste and some food and drink and that's it but waitrose essentials are a bit more so they have kale hand wash and they have chocolate definitely an essential with and it it, it, yeah and they have all these things that are are just not essential that they think are essential and out of that has become a story about the things that you know about the gaps in society where you know from from some supermarkets you know what you would consider essentials are as i say the toilet rolls and things like that in other supermarkets that other people go to i don't um it's up there it's like really really glass and that's just by spotting things just by walking around just by like just just looking at your environment you know don't look down at your phone for god's sake yeah look out at the world
0: perfect well dude i think that wraps it up um for anyone who wants to reach out to you or has any further questions how how can they do that right
1: uh on twitter uh, which I'm quite often on. It's Nick Garnett BBC, all one word. Uh, and my website is nickgarnet.co.uk and you can leave an email there uh, and I'll eventually get back to it when I work out how the software works. Um, <laughs> if you want any more travel tips, uh, I've got a, an entry on there which has got hundreds of, of different entries and I'm adding to it all the time. Uh, I, I was talking to a friend in Sierra Leone the other week uh who has given me all sorts of advice that that he got what he got when when he was out there covering the ebola uh crisis there uh so they're going to be fed in in the next few weeks as well Well, and and if you've got and if you've got any tips and any travel tips please please get in touch with me and let me know because you know they're the type of things that oil the wheels that make things work and that, that that keep us traveling and keep us working and keep us you know keep us doing what we do
0: brilliant nick thanks so much that was fantastic So I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Image Junkies podcast. If you did, please subscribe and please leave a review on iTunes or whatever platform you're listening on. It really does help. And it would be great to build awareness around this show and get more cameramen and more filmmakers, more camera ladies, more journalists, more video journalists listening. Please do share it with anybody you think might be interested. Oh, and one last thing. If you like this music that's playing now, it's by a guy I know called Strizzy Strauss, who's allowed me to use it. If you want to buy it, you can Google his name, Strizzy Strauss. Check on iTunes, Google Play, and Bandcamp. All right, take care, guys.